0: coming
1: up on this episode of learn from people who lived it
0: people are uncomfortable with me with me being sober, but it was also because I wasn't confident in my sobriety.
1: And I remember one meeting just being in tears and just being like, why can't I fucking have a normal relationship with alcohol?
0: I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I did it almost made me in a bad mood. Like, well, that's the one I miss.
1: I grew up in a home where alcohol was central to every, like there was so much alcohol in our family. Santa was drunk on Christmas Eve (laughs) when he came to our house Uh, and and I wish that was a joke. That podcast is coming right up. First up, let me tell you about a couple of our resource partners. One of our proud resource partners is Eric's house. Here's the deal. Nothing quite prepares us for the heartache of a profound loss. And grief isn't a problem to be fixed, but rather a normal reaction to loss. So when somebody you love dies, it might feel like everything you once knew is true has changed. When we experience that loss, especially the ones that are really unexpected, like suicide or addiction... Grief is complicated. That's where the community at Eric's House comes in. Link to them on the resources page at learnfrompeoplewholivedit.com You've probably heard me say this before, but most of the things that kill us are preventable, and that's exactly why I put my heart in his hands, and his care. I'm talking about Dr. Robert Todd Hurst and HealthSpan MD. He's my cardiologist because I appreciate his holistic approach to heart health. There's nothing out there like HealthSpan MD, his AFib Reversal Program, his CAD, Reverse program. Get the link on the resources page at learnfrompeoplewholivedit.com. Looking for no bullshit conversation about mental health? Find Learn From People Who Lived It wherever you get podcasts. Search it using all one word. Learn From People Who Lived It. Welcome to another episode of Learn From People Who Lived It. Hi,
0: I'm Abby Boudreau. Hi, I'm Janae Oakland, and we are the co-owners of Tea Totally Lifestyle.
1: What's up, guys? What story are you here to share today?
0: Well, I think that our big story today is to tell you about what we're doing with Tea Totally Lifestyle. It's, uh, It's a new approach to really reaching out to people who are sober curious and people who are mindful drinkers. And we want the we want to let everyone know that you're not alone on whatever kind of sobriety journey
2: you are on right now. Yeah, and just offer support and a community out there for people.
1: Who do you hope hears this?
2: I think we're we're really hoping yeah. that
0: people who hear this are people who are reconsidering their relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And we know that
2: those relationships are usually pretty complicated. And then People who know that they're not gonna be alone and that there's other people like us out there.
1: I love this. I'm so excited about this conversation. I came to know Abby through a friend of mine uh, who works in the television industry here, and uh, she set us up. There was instant chemistry and synergy, and you could just feel like that electricity through the through the phone. And it was like, okay, we got to get together. We got to put something down on on tape here because what you just mentioned those two words, sober, curious. That that's a new sequence of words. We're starting to just kind of tiptoe into this space right now what's so neat for me as a recovering alcoholic is that for years uh it has been very challenging to be in any kind of an atmosphere whether it's a gala or uh going out for for drinks or going out to dinner like just hasn't been very many non-alcoholic options for me to feel like I'm participating without being the odd man out
2: yeah uh, that's yeah.
1: really starting to change now We're really starting to put some different choices in there. And then B, we're starting to learn a lot more about alcohol and how detrimental even one drink can be for for somebody. And so uh, I'm locked into this conversation, Janae and Abby, and I can't wait to have it. Awesome. Um, When did, here's the the question, we're gonna come swinging right out of the gate. Abby. (laughs) All right, prepared. What's your first experience with alcohol that you remember? Oh, wow,
0: okay. I actually remember it pretty darn well. I, I didn't drink in high school. I was a, a freshman in college when I f- had my first jello shot. Um, <laughs> classic. Classic. Love that. I think I think it was a jello shot followed by jungle juice. Ooh. And oh. I think I recall um letting the uh, kids at the fraternity party know that my name was Abby, spelled A two B's, one I one E. And I think I repeated that quite a few times. <laughs> And honestly, I was like, "Why did I wait so long to start drinking?" It was fun. It was yeah. exciting. I, I, felt, I felt I felt rebellious. I, I felt grown up in a way, even though my parents weren't big drinkers. Um, I, I I loved the freedom that that came along with uh, it. Really, this whole this whole idea of working hard, playing hard. I was a great student, but I also I saw uh, freedom in in playing hard, and that's what all of a sudden I started defining playing hard as.
1: What about you, uh, Janae? What was your first experience with alcohol?
2: Yeah, I didn't drink in high school either. And I remember um, my, roommate, my roommate and I, oh my gosh, we had a blast doing everything. And then we added alcohol to it. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it got really fun. But I remember like she and I just decided, let's just try drinking in our apartment. And we just like, were, um, we were pretty green at it, let's just say. The next day was really rough. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we didn't really know what we were doing, but we had a lot of fun doing it. And yeah, it just kind of, I feel the same way. You kind of feel like an adult and it was fun and just kind of enhanced things. And yeah, no responsibility. So
1: it was what great. Was, what were your homes like growing up? Um, my, my first brush with alcohol, I think I might've been five years old and oh. uh, on my dad's lap getting sips of beer from my dad. And I I can vividly remember even now, all these years later, being in that living room on that, uh, in that house on Juniper street in Coon Rapids and being excited about those sips of beer. Like I, I, I enjoyed the taste of beer at a very young age. It wasn't like, you know, how you'd give some kids beer and they'd be like, Oh, it's so (laughs) gross. Like I remember going, I'll have some more of that, please. Uh, and, and my dad happened to be like, Whoa, that kind of backfired on me. I didn't think that was gonna happen. Um, what were your houses like? Were was alcohol central to celebrations, to dinners? Uh, give me a give me a vibe and a feel from from that.
2: I just have to stop you. Coon Rapids, Minnesota? That's it. I'm from Minnesota.
1: <laughs> Which part?
2: Um up by Detroit Lakes, Monoman. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't you know? Oh, I do um, know, ya. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: What yeah. just happened there, right? Right? I don't know what just happened? Yeah. No, the sure. whole,
2: yeah, we were on a different planet. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I didn't grow up in a family that drank. Um, I grew up really religious, and it just wasn't part of celebrations, but we still had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and my parents were big advocates of definitely not drinking until you're 21. So. Okay. Yeah. And I was a rule follower and I played sports and they said, don't drink. So I said, okay, I signed the contract and I didn't drink. I I mean, I have a lot of
0: similarities with that same same situation as far as there wasn't a lot of alcohol. My mom did not drink. My dad would. But um, it wasn't a real central part of our of our everyday life. It was more of like social drinking or family events. There's definitely alcohol at family picnics and. Uh, holidays and all of that stuff but again it was very rule abiding as well you know my parents were super strict I have two sisters they kept us under wraps we had very strict curfews there was no drinking no yeah and um and so I think that's part of the reason why that jungle juice may have tasted so good (laughs) uh, my freshman year in college (laughs) and I thought why didn't they let me do this sooner I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because so. it's a mess, you know, because it's a mess. That's why, they, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? We they were good parents. Slip. They were
0: good parents. Yeah, exactly. Definitely yeah. good parents. Yeah. Me
2: too.
1: Isn't that funny? And, and, and uh, some of my parent group friends down here in Awatuku will have this t- conversation from time to time about like, is it better for your kids to have a little experience with it before they go off to college so that when they get to college, it's not like this grand discovery and then all of a sudden the lid pops off and they don't know how to <laughs> handle it and deal with uh, it. What,
0: what, what, is the, what do they think? I
1: know. I don't know. I think people go back and forth on it, mm-hmm. but generally I think more people side with, uh, it, it would be better if they had a little precursor to, to the event yeah. before they get to college and then they discover, without any supervision, how it can feel.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think, I think maybe that would have, maybe would have put me on a
1: straighter path for a little bit. I don't know what the answer is myself because I grew up in a home where alcohol was central to every, like there was so much alcohol in our family. Santa was drunk on Christmas Eve when he came to our house. Uh, And and I wish that was a joke. I wish that was just something I made up, but that's, that was the real life. And then when I got into the radio and television industry uh, I don't know if this was, if it was this way for you, Abby, and the, and the TV side of things, but man, there was a lot of social gatherings and we were at nightclubs and we were at parties and we were at client meetings. And like, I remember walking, I remember interviewing for, get this. I remember interviewing for a job in Kansas city. And I walked into the general manager's office at 11 o'clock for an interview. And he asked me if I wanted a beer. That is the yeah. world I grew up in. And yeah. and so I, it's wild how so many people can be so different. All right. So back to you guys and, you know, teetotally and how that came to be. Um, when did you guys, or did you guys ever get to a point with alcohol where you were like, mm, this might be coming a problem or did it never get there? And then did you just one day wake up and become, to use your words, sober curious?
2: I would say for me, I just, had fun drinking. I love going to wineries. It was just kind of, there was never a problem. Like Good. it was just, you know, and plus I'm a lightweight. So like my like two drinks or everybody else is like seven and, you know, just had fun. And then I got to like my thirties and had kids and I was like, Oh, this I'm exhausted is painful. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are getting up early. I'm still trying to hang. I just, oh my gosh, I was starting to feel worse and worse and worse. And I've always been like super into health. Like I, I mean, I did like workout videos as a kid, like making them for my parents. I've just really have done that. And like, as I'm going through life, I'm like, this is not serving me anymore. I can't do this. And so about like nine years ago, I gradually was like, little less, little less. But I think where my problem was, um, not like a drinking problem, but a pleasing people problem. Mm. And so I, I kept drinking for other people. Like I would, I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go out. I'll have some drinks, you know? And then I would lay in bed and be like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never going to do this again. I feel so awful. And, um, finally, like you know, we just moved to Phoenix like a year ago. And I, I found a lot of friends that had the same mindset. So I think like the law of attraction was working for me. And that really helped me to um, feel like, you know what, I can make my own decision. If I don't feel good, I'm not gonna do it. And also there's so many alternatives now that that has been so helpful. Like you can go to a party and have a mocktail or, and it's more acceptable. So,
1: yeah. Well, and nobody knows what's in the glass nowadays too, which is.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: yeah. Kind yeah. Of. So what's the story for you, Abby?
0: Well, I definitely feel like my story goes back to my journalism days. You touched on this pretty clearly and it's. During that period of time, I, I worked as a TV reporter, um, local stations, and then at the network for a bunch of years, um, all in 20 years. And there's definitely a mentality um, among people in the industry, and I'm not saying everyone, of course, but where you well, work We are hard. saying most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest.
1: We're being honest. Um, we're saying most. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, it, go, it, it really kind of ties back to that work hard, play hard for me. And you work so hard, uh, you know, for breaking news, it's around the clock and you, you work and then you finish the day with a glass of wine and you unwind and you start developing this idea that wine or alcohol allows you to unwind almost like that's the nightcap. That's the, that's your, you're working to that moment where you can just relax.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think that it was fine for me for a long, long time. And then COVID hit. And I was living in LA and it was a true lockdown. And I got a call one day and it was from ABC news. It was from the lawyers and they just said, listen, we, you know, we're we're making hard cuts and I'd been there for 10 years at that point. um, Almost, almost exactly 10 years. And they said, you know, uh, we're looking at an 80% pay cut. And um, you know, I slept on it and the next day it was over for me. So I went from having this job that, I didn't really realize at the time, but it was like who I had become.
1: It was my whole
0: identity. Yeah, Yeah, it was my whole identity. So I went from, you know, oh, hi, my name is Abby. Yeah, I work at Good Morning America. Yeah, it's a great job To Hi, my name is Abby. And I'm a mom and I'm now homeschooling and I have nowhere to drive because everything is closed. Mm. And why not have a glass of wine? And when I have a glass of wine with dinner and then maybe another glass of wine after dinner. And yeah. then, sure. then tomorrow is hit repeat because you know what, we're not going anywhere. And now I have no reason to wake up. You know, I'm not getting up and working and being a productive part of this society. I'm just at home alone and struggling. And it was just months of this and months and I would wake up and I'd be like, why did I do that? And the things that would go through my head would be like, I'm going to have breast cancer. Yeah. I'm going to get sick from this. Why am I doing it? It was a Tuesday. It's not a Saturday. I was a social drinker, you know, like as I became a mom, I drank less and less. Right. But then during COVID, it wasn't going anywhere. And I started drinking more and more. So I, I ended up, um, my husband said, you know, a few weeks after I, I lost my job he said, let's, let's move to Phoenix. We met in Phoenix. I was a local reporter here at one point many years ago. And he said, let's move. And, you know, I, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. There's so much change. My friends are here. I'm going through a lot right now, but we moved. And once we moved, I realized this is an opportunity for me. I need to make a change in my life. Like this isn't going well, you know, and I need to be there for my kids. I, w- I want to be there for my yeah. kids. Yeah. What am I doing? You know, and it wasn't like bottles of wine. It wasn't like my husband thought I was an alcoholic. It wasn't even that I thought I was an alcoholic. It was these habits of, well, I'm making dinner. Yeah. You know, open the rosé you know, just like sort, sort of became just like what I started doing.
1: I want to ask yeah. Janae, as, as a friend here who has kind of watched Abby go through this transition and work on a new identity for herself and figuring out how to answer that question of, hi, I'm Abby and I blank, 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 dot, dot, dot. Right. Um, yeah. What have you noticed in your friend that has been a part of that journey?
2: Well, I think I've, I've known her for a year, but I just, I mean, I, I loved her like immediately. And, um, I think I didn't know her as good morning America, Abby. I just know her as Abby. And I think she's amazing. <laughs> I might have to cry. Cause I do. Uh, I think she's like my best friend and we're like sisters and she's just really strong with it. She stood with it. And I think she's really helped me to, to like find a voice and be like, it's okay if you don't want to drink. And, she just has so much more to offer than just being Good Morning America Abby. Like she starting this with her is just been amazing. She's so driven, she's so passionate and um like she's just really like helped motivate me to like that's so sweet. <laughs> to do <laughs> that's this really sweet. Thank
1: you. Yeah, that's cool. Well, it's really really hard and and it would be really impossible probably to help everybody understand the magnitude of what you know, people like me and Abby and I, I kind of lump sports and entertainment in the same category. Uh, there are two categories where you can never be off. Uh, there, there. You are always on. You are always looking for the next thing. You are never. You're only as good as what's coming up. Um, everything that has already been done has been forgotten about the nanosecond it was completed, and and it's just what's next. What's next. What's next. What's next. What's next. What's next. And what that can do to your nervous system is like literally just put it in full on blown panic mode. And it becomes really difficult to settle your brain down. And so it's not strange to me that we hear about athletes, entertainers who fricking OD on drugs, who are total alcoholics. It's because you look for anything that can just turn that volume knob down to, to a place that's manageable. Because especially if you've been doing it for a long time, man, it's easy to just get super cooked. And, and I mean, I don't know. My, my story is like, it got to a point where I I had to be medicated in order to perform. Like I just got to a stage in my career in my life where it was like, I'm not even funny unless I'm drunk. I'm not even funny unless I'm high. I'm not even funny unless I'm doing pills. Like, you know, and that, that's a real place for so many people because they just do not know how to handle the 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 workload and then what you're speaking about abby is so right and janae i'll try to help you understand it too it's like we got into this COVID situation and our audiences disappeared overnight um you know for for a morning radio guy think about what happened the next day after the pandemic there wasn't a single car on the road nobody was listening to the radio anymore everybody's television habits were completely different and then streaming is coming aboard like there was just so much change over the last few years in this traditional media space that it's no wonder people like you and me and others are kind of going is there something else out there? Is, is there another thing that we can do with our skill set here? Because what you're good at, Abby, is helping people understand things more. Uh, and so you can use that skill set in this place now. You can use that skill set in this sober curious place here. And I want to ask you kind of the same question that I that I asked Janae, which is this, Abby, what do you notice about Janae since starting this thing together? What, what kinds of things have you been shown in her and her personality and characteristics kind of the person she is
0: really ever since we let me just tell you this like when we first when we first met and she came over with her son and to play with my daughter for a play date they were classmates and I offered her a sparkling water and she Mm. said do you not drink and I was like no (laughs) kind of apologetically no because normally it would be like want a glass of rosé you know, yeah. and then the moms are all like, oh, yeah, let's do this. They're right, fine. Right, right. Um, And we just sat there and we had a glass of sparkling water. And I thought to myself, this is what I've really been looking for. is a friend to be a friend when we're sober, when we're just having a nice conversation. Yeah. And when we can just be there for each other and be there, pre- be present for our kids. And that's one thing I love about Janae is that she's present with her children. Yeah. You know, she's a good mom and she... It's hard to it's hard to really be that kind of mom when you're juggling a wine glass in your other hand. It really is. And since we came up with the idea of Tea Totally, she has gotten a lot more confident in her idea of not wanting to drink and being able to say no. She said it herself. She's a people pleaser and she is. And it's because she's very kind hearted and she wants to make other people happy. But I think since we've gotten going with this, she is okay saying, no, I'm good. Thank you. I've got something else I'm going to drink or I've, you know, I'm going to I have something going on tomorrow morning, an early soccer game, and I want to feel good tomorrow. I'm good. Thanks. And so it's been really exciting to see you find that extra voice, that louder, deeper rooted voice that is there that I know you question sometimes.
1: (laughs) Let and me help you out. There. Let me help you out, Janae. Is I learned this in a in a previous podcast. We all think and suffer from this idea of imposter syndrome. We all do. Oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> I feel like I could be surprised like, a lot. It, I say it all the time. A lot.
1: Okay, so let me blow your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. The imposter is the thoughts that are coming in saying you're not good. Yeah. Got it? Mm-hmm. The imposter is not the person doing the work. The imposter is the thoughts that come in to say, uh, am I the person that should be doing this? And so that can help you reframe imposter syndrome almost immediately. It's yeah. it's it's easy to think of yourself as the imposter. It's not true. The imposter are the thoughts that are coming in, telling you that you're not the person who's supposed to be in this in this game, so to speak. So. Um, that's so
2: true. Yeah. That's like, that is so helpful because I have monkey brain yeah, And I have that all the time. And I, I have a lot of good things have happened in my life and I've been fortunate and like, I'm talented at piano. And I'm like, I don't even know if that's, if that's true. I question it. Wow.
1: Yeah. You guys start listening to this, learn from people who lived at podcast more because we got some gems <laughs> yeah. that we have dropped, including that one. Here's the other one that blew my mind. We had a uh, psychologist on and she said that people pleasing is actually selfish because you're doing it Ooh. to make yourself feel good. And and so if you're doing things that genuinely don't f- make you feel good, then stop doing it because you're really just a people pleaser because you like how it feels when there's peace and cohesiveness and some of these things. And hearing that too was like, holy yeah. oh shit. Yeah,
2: I've never thought That's about spot it like on. that. Yeah. It's too, that totally is, yeah.
1: spot on. Like we, we do that for ourselves. Yeah the people pleasing is actually for us. It's not for them. We, we do it so that we can feel good in the place and we don't have to have that icky kind of, you know, to use a good Minnesota word, that ishy feeling yeah. of, of yeah. like, oh, I don't like the way this feels right now. It's like, well then stop doing that. You just doing it for you anyways. And so anyways, yeah. those two nuggets, there's like a million more, but those two nuggets have changed <laughs> oh, yeah. the way that I look at my own people pleasing and then my own, you know, imposter syndrome quite frankly mm-hmm. um that is okay. very helpful. let's let's move on let's move on and talk about this sober curious movement it's becoming louder and louder and here's what i i think i've come to understand and learn about you guys that i like I'm not on the phone with a couple of alcoholics who, you know, wrecked their whole lives and ruined their families and took it to a place of just total disaster. And then like, they, they were at the very bottom and then they had to try to figure out this way out. No, that's not the story. And I think your story is more common, right? There's less people like me who almost piss it all away and have to claw back to get, to get everything together. There's more people who are just questioning their relationship with drugs, alcohol, pills, exercise, whatever your, your, your drug of choice is. And they, they're curious about it. They, they, they want to mm-hmm. say things like, Hmm, what would I be like if I wasn't drunk at the holiday party this year? Mm-hmm. What would that feel like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what would it feel like as if at my daughter's birthday party, we didn't serve any alcohol, uh, you know, and, and these are questions that I think more and more people face. And so I it's cool that you guys are on this movement. I'm sure you're going to gain some traction mm-hmm. from it. Um, what does it mean to you to be sober curious?
0: I think for me, it, it means that I got to a point where I'm sick of drinking mm. and I'm sick of the way that I feel and I'm sick of regret and wondering, wait, what did exactly did I say last night? I'm sick of all of that. And so I'm curious about what life looks like without it at all. And I did not have a lot of examples of that when I when I stopped Drinking. I was online looking for support. I was looking for people who I resonated with. And it was all very medical. And there was a lot on AA. And I questioned am I an alcoholic? And, you know, what is my label? And I just didn't resonate with any of it. I really didn't. I felt like I was an in betweener. I, you know, it was easy for me to stop for dry January. But after dry January, it was hard because then I felt alone. You know, then people who were my friends were like, okay, it's not January anymore. Like, let's let's go. go." Yeah. And I, you know, and they didn't, I (laughs) I didn't get,
2: yeah,
0: I I didn't really get that much support outside of a few real close family members and my, and my husband, people were uncomfortable with, with me being sober, but it was also because I wasn't confident in my sobriety. Mm.
1: I wasn't confident in my sobriety. Wow. That's yeah. a great one. What does it mean for you, Janae, to be sober curious?
2: I think um, for me, I'm also super curious, um, but I'd also consider myself a mindful drinker. Like sure. every so often in a blue moon, I have a glass of champagne. There you go. But one, I choose something extremely good and I enjoy it. And <laughs> I know it's not like the healthiest for me, but I mean, it's far and few between, but Yeah. Just for me, I just make that choice that I, it really is health related. I don't want to feel gross. I don't want to be unmotivated. Like I want to be there for my kids. I always felt like for like maybe five hours of fun, two days of like unmotivation and anxiety and kind of like feeling a little like low. And I just didn't sleep well. And now I just feel like Almost like I have a new life. I feel like in my 20s, which is amazing. Aren't you twenties? Oh, I mean, I'm 23. She still so like, uh, yeah. She's still in her 20s. She's
1: still in her 20s.
2: Yeah, my fake age. Yeah. Is, uh,
1: what was the first, you guys have mentioned this a couple of times, this dry January situation. Did you guys do a, a month off together? Was this a collective thing and that, that's how it started? Or did you both choose it individually and you came together and said, holy shit, I'm doing the same thing?
0: Yeah, well, actually, so I I did a dry January in January of 2022. And then we met deep into, let's see, maybe September, October of 2022. Yeah. So she was kind of meeting me in my awkward not drinking stage, you know, where I was alone a lot. I didn't put myself out there, even though I'm super social, and I love being around people. I was at home, didn't want to create any awkwardness with People around me, a lot of people, since I was new to the area, let's go grab a drink. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Um, do I tell them now? Do I tell them when I get there? Like it was just so yeah. uncomfortable. So, really, we started connecting, you know, well into my post dry January. And you have been a mindful drinker for quite a while. And I think you've gotten more confident in yeah. it since we've met. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but. Definitely. When I met her, she was like, "Yeah, I hardly ever drink." You know, so she yeah. she was kind of already at that point.
1: I yeah. admire you, Janae, and in, in a big way because uh, when I set down alcohol in two thousand and six was my last drink, December fourteenth, two thousand and six. That's great. And I went. I remember going to therapy after to try to kind of just figure it all out. And I remember one meeting just being in tears. And just being like, why can't I fucking have a normal relationship with alcohol? Why can't I just be somebody who goes out to dinner and grabs a nice glass of wine and that's the end of it? Why can't I just go to a birthday party or some celebration and have a sip of champagne at a toast and that be enough? Mm. And so I really, really admire people who have a healthy relationship with anything, quite frankly, but especially these these things like, you know, drugs, alcohol, and pills that can kind of take us down um, a, a really dangerous spot. And something you said earlier, uh, Abby resonated with me too. I didn't really get down with AA either. It never felt mm. like my people, it never felt like the thing that was going to be the right thing for me. And when when you're going to stop drinking, it's almost the norm. Everybody's like, well, you should go to AA, you should do AA. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I went to a couple of meetings and I was and i just kind of felt like i looked around the room and i don't know it didn't it didn't match for me and at the end of the day yeah. for me honestly guys i was like listen bro this works really only one way it doesn't matter where you go what your support is you either drink or you don't <laughs> like that's it it yeah. really is that simple at the end of the day you either do or you do not drink and so you just have to wake up every day and choose not to drink that's it end of discussion end of story and I don't know why, but I've been able to do that, uh, you know, for That's awesome. uh, yeah. what year is it can now? You put you put your mind to it?
0: Well, you know, it's it's funny yeah. that you say that, Matthew, because we always joke that we feel like <laughs> we see, we hear this all the time. It's either you have to be pregnant yeah. or you have to be battling addiction in order to yeah. choose not to drink. Oh, yeah. And we do not believe that. We believe there's a whole space out there where you can choose not to drink because you want to make yeah, that decision. For whatever reason. If it's because of health, if it's because of any Gents. other reason, yeah, you can't. just don't want to, you don't, it doesn't you don't like yourself when you drink, whatever. Yeah. No. And so that's the space that T totally is trying to explore. It's not the to, you know, it, I, I hate calling anything like extreme, but you know, it's not like pregnancy to addiction. It's that space in between that we really want to just shine a spotlight on and say, it's all right. You know, listen, here's what life can look like if you choose to not drink or drink a lot less and you're going to level up. You are going to level up. You're going to be able to have time to pursue different interests, different hobbies. I started drawing again. I started painting again. I mean, I started a garden. I mean, the things that you have the time and the passion for. I mean, it's been, an it has unlocked parts of my brain that I have not experienced in so many years. And it's really made me a better mom, a better wife, a better friend. And I feel good when I wake up. I'm excited to start the day instead of like,
2: why did I do that? Me too. I consistently get up at five o'clock in the morning. I get my day started. Like that was not happening before. Like my days are long. They're great. They're, you know, fulfilling and productive. Really? And,
1: yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question, uh, Janae, and you can, you both can bat this around, but if you're going to set, if you're going to be sober curious, you're going to decide, you know, whether it's a month or six weeks or six months or a year, whatever time frame you want to put on it, and you say, oh, you know, I'm just going to stop drinking for a little while. How, in your experience, how important is it to find something to replace it with? And I'm asking this question based on the fact that Abby, you just said, you know, I replaced it with this. I started a garden. I, you know, I, I filled it up with these other things. So the question is how, if you're going to set it down for a while, how important will it be to f- to sort of fill that space with something more productive?
2: Yeah, we're huge believers in that. And that I think is um, part of T-Toli. It's kind of like, we want to be a community of like, focusing on things that help kind of distract you from um, drinking because there's so much more out there that you can do and like just picking up hobbies and like I'm a big tennis player and um, you know she has a lot of DIY and it really does help to have these activities to like keep you from just sitting around and having glass of wine. And yeah, I remember when
0: I, would you know, when I had stopped drinking and then my husband and I would go out for dinner. I mean, the drink that I was really used to was getting ready the drink of wine Mm. while I got ready. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I did. It almost made me in a bad mood. Like, well, that's the one I miss, you know, like what, what am I going to how am I going to replace that? And I've had to like come up with ways to replace. Yeah. So I think replacement is, it it is important, you know? And so what I do instead is I might have an espresso. Yeah. She comes in hot with an espresso. I do. I have a a nice little, I have a nice little espresso. I turn on my music. I do more self-care than I've ever done. I take pride and time for myself. It used to be a chore, the last thing on my checkoff list, something for for me. And I don't say that to be like, Oh, what a martyr, you know, poor, you know, I I say that because it's true. I I never took time for myself. And now I do. And my kids see that and they join in with me It is just a nice, it's a nice new ritual. But a tea totally focuses a lot on self-care and ideas that you can do for yourself that are not yeah. super expensive and hobbies are very important i really do think because when you're doing a hobby like when you're painting or you're riding a horse yeah or you are playing tennis you're focused you have yes. like this like cool tunnel vision that you can get and it's so important to have that like your your brain start kind of Um, I don't know, redirecting or recalculating,
2: firing off off in a different way. Yeah. And to be totally healthy. I I got a um, health coaching certification like later in life, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do in my next chapter. And um, I thought you were only 28. I I know that was like, you know, chapter 23 (laughs) Um, to be fully healthy. It's a, uh, it's a whole spectrum of things. It's not just Mm. like I eat healthy and I work out. I mean, are you spiritually healthy? Do you have hobbies? Do you have good relationships? Do you have a social life? I mean, it is a whole spectrum. And I think that's kind of really what we're trying to like create for people. Yeah, I agree.
1: I I go out and speak on burnout. And one of the biggest things that we say, or that I say rather is, Self-care is the way to prevent burnout. That's it. It's end of discussion. And when you stop taking care of yourself, you literally overnight become, and I don't want to freak anybody out, but it's true. You become the worst version of yourself. And it it is not selfish to institute a beautiful self-care plan for yourself. In fact, it's the only way everybody gets the best version of you. And I love to articulate this story over and over and over again by just calling myself out and saying, when I was in my shit and not taking care of myself, hands down, I was the worst husband, father, coworker, friend, uh, son, brother. I, it was impossible for me to be good for anybody else because I couldn't be good for myself. And I love the idea that you're leaning into so much self-care because especially, and let's, let's take this example that's pertinent to you guys, which is booze, wine, right? A lot of times we'll think of self-care and we'll be like, oh, I'm going to have a wine night with my girlfriends. It's like, okay, that's great. It, it is, it's nice. Absolutely. It's nice to go out and laugh. It's good to have that yeah. community, but you're still drinking. And what I, I heard this quote one time, it freaking floored me, which was, how about you live a life that doesn't require you to escape all the time? Mm. And yeah. that just, bam, just hit me right across the, the head, like a two by four. It was like, oh my God, you're right. How about I design my life so that I don't have to escape all the time so I don't yeah. need to get drunk every night because I freaking hate what's going on. And I can tell you that when I was in my business, man, I did morning shows. So by four o'clock in the afternoon, there was n- <laughs> nothing else to do but start drinking. And, yeah. and that's just the truth of the whole thing. So I love the self-care strategy that you guys are imploring everybody take because I think similar to parenting, When you're going to ground your kids if you're going to use that old school technology of grounding your kids you can't do it without replacing you have to fill that time with something or it's going to be ineffective and if you're going to set that booze time down you're going to fill it up with something that's going to be a little bit more meaningful i'm going to press a little bit on janae because you mentioned this idea of uh, working on myself spiritually uh that's a huge component for a lot of folks it was for me this is a judgment-free zone, so I don't care what your answer is, but how do you work on yourself spiritually?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've always um, believed in God. Yeah. I've always been, I grew up in a very religious family. That's very important to me. And um, also, I'm, I'm a meditator. Yeah. I don't know if I could survive without meditating. Like, okay. I have to be able to shut my brain down, and yeah. I take that time. Another way I meditate is I play piano, and it. it I don't know. It grounds me. It 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 makes me feel like I can do anything. My best ideas come when I'm doing that. Um, I go to church. Yeah, that's always a great you know way to.
1: Faith is fill important up the bucket. for a lot of people, for sure. It, it is. is. Yeah. Is is there something for you, Abby? Are you are you spiritually in tune in some way?
0: Oh, absolutely. Very similar to Janae. I'm always actually we've we started doing something and I would say it coincided with making more time for the family where we do. Do you know the secret? The book, The Secret. Yeah, of Everyone, course. Kind of, okay. So we we just love that book. We think it's a really great, almost almost a. It's more than a beginner, but like it's a good beginner book for little kids too. So we do like every night at around eight, between eight, 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 15, the kids come in our room, and I have us almost an eight year old and an eleven year old. Okay. And they come in, they get in our bed, and we just turn on the Audible for The Secret. And we listen to 10 minute chunks and I will tell you, they sleep better they wake up happier, they are motivated and it works for me and it's worked for me for a really long time. Just thinking about the positive things that we have mentioned, yeah. the law of attraction, it's so powerful. And so meditating is huge. I believe yeah. in God. I do go to church and I'm raising my kids in, in, um, in, you know, in the church as well. So sure. I think spirituality is very important. It is. You know, and their gratitude is a big part of ours too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, yeah, that absolutely. That even when the kids don't bigger. want to, I'm like, what are you grateful for? Every yeah. night really can't start too soon. Yeah. I can think back, you know, you brought up childhood memories and I can think back when I was really young, like, you know, 10, 11, 12. And my mom was always like this as well. And she would say, sit down. I can see it in your face. You're you need to meditate. And as a kid, you know, it's so weird, but she would have me close my eyes and she would paint a picture of me at the beach with the sand walking through the sand and the water running between my toes and she would get me to a place of calm and so that that state of calmness has always been I've always been able to reach it through meditation no matter what and no matter what stage of my life but when we when I stopped drinking definitely I, I was more mindful like I need to introduce this to my children. And it's been, it's been really awesome to see how they react to this. And they'll say, yeah. I need to change my frequency.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> totally I know if you have bad energy and put it out there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I listen, yeah. I love the secret. I always tell people I love the secret, but it's important to remember that yeah. there's 12 laws of the universe, not just one. And so, you know, you're exactly. just to get, you're getting, a, you're, you're driving down a one lane freeway there and there's a, there's yes. 12 other lanes that you should be aware of as well, but it is a really yeah. great starting ground because it, it is. It does. Um, I practiced Buddhism for for many many years, and one of the core principles in in Buddhism is that sort of life comes from you, and it doesn't come at you. It comes from you, and so it it, it, it sort of falls in line with the law of attraction and that principle yeah. of what you yeah, put I'm a out. Yeah, big believer in that. You're going to get back, and there's there's a lot of truth. To to that statement and there's a lot of truth to the fact that when you're connected to something that's bigger than yourself, it's a little easier to get through these things. Uh, I, I always encourage folks when I'm putting on my burnout workshops to say like you, you should really seriously consider a breath work mindfulness meditation or prayer practice and i don't want you to get lost on language they all do the same thing they all make you better decision makers they make you a little bit more calm in the face of adversity and they help you stay connected to what's truly important about yourself now if that sounds good to you go down one of those four roads because they all literally do the same thing they connect you to something that's and then and here's the other piece if you're not drinking well, we both know it, right? The the alcohol has its way of kind of calming us down, and and settling us down, especially if we have you know more than a few, and and we can get into a pretty good space where we feel pretty good about ourselves and our life, and everything's kind of humming. You know that buzz is powerful, and when you when you get rid of it, you do need to replace it and find a way to settle your brain down a little bit and get it intact. And and I wonder if you guys how how strong you feel about this idea of. If you're going to set down alcohol for real, for real, like not just be sober curious, but get rid of it for real, you'll have to find some of the things that you and I have just been discussing over the last 10 minutes to replace it with, whether it's a hobby or a mindfulness practice. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Oh, agree,
0: totally, and I add, and it. I would say both. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You definitely, but it's yeah. it's amazing how much more time, energy, patience, and focus you have yeah. when you stop drinking.
2: I mean, it's right? just so you're not just we, going through the motions of things. Like right. sometimes I'd get up the next day and I'd be like, okay, I'm cooking breakfast, all right. and then I'd try to like just sit on the couch, <laughs> be like, here's your iPads, and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. This is ridiculous. One
0: thing that's interesting about both of us is that both of our husbands still drink. Yeah, And so for a long time, when I was questioning, you know, I mentioned I would wake up in the morning and I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, this could give me breast cancer. This could give me X, Y, Z. Why do I feel this way? And my husband's just sleeping peacefully and he had a great night of, you know, having a couple glasses of wine or (laughs) more. And sleeping like a baby over there. And I'm not my, you said monkey mind, a hundred percent. Four in the morning, monkey mind going, oh my God, why am I doing this? What did I say? He wakes up, no, hon, you're fine, you're fine. I said, babe, I got to stop this. I got to stop drinking. Like like, I didn't want to disrupt our relationship. So that prevented me from slowing down or stopping for a long time. Me too, I felt like this is like what we did together. Yes. And then when I stopped, he was my number one supporter he said, you, you, you don't have anxiety anymore. There's no more anxiety. Like you're waking up and you're feeling good. And he wanted that for me. Maybe deep down, he wishes that maybe I could have that glass, but never once have I felt that he wants me to go back. And that is enough for me to go, okay, this is better for my relationship. And my relationship comes first. So I'm, I feel really, really strongly that it yeah. was the right decision for me.
2: Yeah. 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 My husband fully supported it too, but he was like, just stop being Minnesota nice and wishy-washy and just be like, I'm not going to drink instead of being like, well, you know. Right.
1: The people pleaser. What, what, yeah. What do they, what do they need from me right now? And you do, you get into those situations, you make it about them.
2: But really I'm making it about me, I guess. I want to be comfortable.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's <laughs> totally true. And here's the thing, like for people in relationships like yours and my wife still will have a, a, a cocktail every now and again. Uh, but wh- what they're looking for is a shared experience. That's that's what they want. Yeah. Whether that's booze or a bike ride, like oftentimes the, those people around us, they just they like what happens when we're together. And yeah, that is and, true. And it doesn't have to be so much about the alcohol can't, doesn't need to be the centerpiece. We can change that centerpiece to something different: tennis, yoga, breath work, a walk, horseback riding. You know, whatever that is. But I think at the end of the day, that's what that's what folks are seeking is connection, and they just want to have a, a shared experience with each other. And that's what they miss because there's so many good things tied to those drinking days, right? You think about how much fun you were having when you were drinking. People used to call me
0: Fun Abby. Like they would, when I stopped drinking, they would stay. And I, I was really, actually really hurt. By hearing that, and I heard it from quite a few people, so I was like, "Well, what does that mean?" And you know, like, does <laughs> that mean I'm no, fun Yeah, <laughs> and like they haven't even been with me when yeah. I don't drink. By the way, I'm still super fun. Oh, it's like, fun. Yeah. Wow, me too. I mean, my God, life of the party right here. <laughs>
1: right you know, but, I mean,
0: I when yeah. I when I was drinking, yeah, I alcohol would affect me in a very lively way. So yeah. I get so? what they're saying. Um, loud, funny, uh, yeah. last one to leave. Sure. Um, you know, cr- yeah. just, yeah, th- that's how I was. And, uh, very personable. Oh yeah. But I would also, you know, stick my foot in my mouth. I would get feisty. I would, you know, possibly pick on, pick a fight maybe with my husband yeah. at the end of the night. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I was not, so end it wasn't always fun. Always they they would see fun Abby and maybe it wasn't always fun Abby, yeah. you know, <laughs> but those were not like, it wasn't like, all the time, but that's how it would be if I really indulged. And so, uh, yeah, fun, Abby, I thought, God, I am still fun, Abby. And I want people to feel like they can still go out and be the life of the party. It's, it's just about overcoming that awkwardness at the beginning, because we're so conditioned to think that alcohol equals fun when that is not the case. Yeah. It's not. We can have fun without alcohol and give it a shot because you'll find out the same thing. I just think yeah. people need more support. They need to see a visual example of what it looks like but to have a good still- time without the alcohol. So yeah. many people have reached out to us and we've only started just yeah. got just kind of getting our feet wet. And they have said, well, gosh, COVID really screwed me up. Yeah. COVID really screwed me up. I've got to get a I got to get control over this. You know, I know I'm drinking too much. How many times have we heard this? I'm drinking too much. But I don't know really what the next step is, Mm.
2: you know? And so that's why we wanted to create Tea Totally. Yeah. Well, and also I have to admit, there was a period where I wasn't as fun when I wasn't drinking because I felt so awkward. Well, because we isolated ourselves. Yeah. We were isolating ourselves because we we didn't want people to experience that. Yeah, We want them to like make the choice and then just feel like, I'm fun and not have that. Oh, the gray period of like, I did kind of sit there and like, okay. Like I said no to alcohol and now I feel weird. And and is it affecting people? And yeah. And 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 I didn't want to go up for a while. And that's so not like me. I want to do everything. I have FOMO. I want, I want to be invited to everything, go to everything. And so there was a period where I was like, that's okay. I'll just stay home. You I were, was shut in for about a year. I mean, I was yeah. like,
0: "Oh God, people are going to be judging me." And maybe that comes from a place where I would have judged them previously. Maybe oh, I would have thought sure. that was weird that they didn't drink. Yeah, no, I definitely. Um, judged. And I and I think that comes from a deep rooted societal, yeah, um, traditional drinking culture. You know, we're just this is what we yeah. have learned. This is what we've seen. We are Generation X. Yeah, this is, that what is we do. how it is. This is what it is. And yeah, I'm, it, I'm just it is glad everywhere. It, it is. Yeah. It is. But, you know, it, it, it was funny because you brought up the holidays. And I remember my first holiday season was just last year. You know, the full season. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I was yeah. so uncomfortable in my own skin. And like I said, my husband drinks, his family drinks. We were with them. And they wanted Fun Abby. You know, and I was so uncomfortable and so awkward that I probably wasn't. I know I've had. I probably was kind of weird. And the whole shift, you know, we were talking about law of attraction. Everyone started talking to me about the things I didn't want them to talk about. I kept thinking to myself, God, I hope no one notices. Well, of course, that's what they noticed. They're like, what's wrong with her? Is there a real problem? Is she pregnant? You know, is is, is she got a problem with alcohol? Finally, I realized, okay, I need a plan. You know, I need a plan to get into the holiday season. And I feel like this holiday is going to be much better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is the plan going in? What's the plan for both of you going into the holiday season?
2: Well, we're coming up with some good mocktails. Definitely. Mm -hmm.
0: BYOM. Yep. Mm BYOM. Bring your own mocktail. Yeah. You've got to show up with your own drink. You cannot just expect other people to just have an array of mocktails. And you might want more than just a cranberry seltzer. Yeah. There's some great
2: like non-alcoholic wines out there now and some tropics. There's great options that you can bring. And I think we're just going to keep ourselves busy. There are so many fun holiday activities to go out
0: and do. Absolutely. I think another thing that you can do that's really effective is to go to a party with another friend who doesn't really drink too much or doesn't drink at all. And if you can't go with them, see if they're going to be there later. It's nice to meet up with someone and uh, someone who shares your similar power in numbers. I think so. I think it is nice. I certainly do not mind being around people who are buzzed. But once the stories start repeating, I do get a little bit like, oh, I I would love a
1: I'm out. Nice warm
0: cup of tea. I don't have a tolerance the, for
1: it anymore. It's been it's been so many years. I don't have a tolerance for it anymore. I agree I, with you. Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't mind a buzz. I really don't mind being around yeah. people who drink. It's fun, but but yeah. when yeah. it get, when it gets to that next stage, then it is somebody time eats to. It's a little sloppy. Then it's like we um,
1: start turning into college students again.
0: Yeah, yeah. the yeah. jungle I'm juice it always comes back. To us.
1: Yeah. yeah. What's the What's the plan? What's the planned response when somebody comes up and says, "I noticed you're not drinking." <laughs>
2: Ugh. I know. I still, sometimes I'm still like,
0: Oh, but I, I literally just say I'm not drinking tonight. I'm good. Yeah. And then they're like, why? And I'm saying, I feel, I don't feel like I am having fun with alcohol anymore. I'm having fun with this drink. Mm. I'm good.
2: Alcohol isn't fun for me anymore. Yeah. I say, I love wine, but wine doesn't love me back. So we had to break up.
1: (laughs) That's great. And you can, and usually people will laugh about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's nice to get a laugh. Yeah. I mean, it really is nice to just yeah. to, to get a laugh. But um, yeah, you have said that. I've heard I you say that. Well, I just think it's that. really
1: important to have a strategy because that's the thing that's going to freak most people out. I mean, again, to go back to my experience, which is so different from your guys is like <laughs> when I realized that I had a problem and I'd set it down once and for all, I think we were yeah, it was December 14th was the last drink. And then so obviously the, the Christmas holiday is coming up like two weeks later. And we were, where did we go? We went to Drumride, Oklahoma of all places where my wife's family was from. And we got there on the first day and I insisted everybody could come into the living room. All the kids went outside and I brought every adult, all the aunts and uncles, grandma, grandpa, all the, the all my, you know, my uh, brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, I brought everybody in. And, uh, I basically just read them a letter that I wrote to them saying like, I have to do this because I'm a monster with it and you don't have to stop drinking, but I'm never going to drink again. And I just need everybody to know that. I don't want it to be weird. You all keep throwing down and you do what you want, but just know for me, the chapter is ended. It's over and I'm never going to be looking back.
0: I think, well, yeah, honestly, I love easy. that. Yeah. It wasn't easy, you but, argue didn't, with that, you but didn't you feel like your point got across? Because you know how I told you that year where I was like, so weird with it. People would just not let it go. No. They would just be like, come on, relax. You're not yeah. an alcoholic. Why are you even doing this? Yeah. And it's like, well, because I'm choosing my health. I'm choosing my family. I'm choosing my mental health. You know, and it's never, it was never enough. So I do think if you can elicit a laugh and keep it chill, I think that's really great when someone asks you why you're not drinking. But if you need to, you can also just lie. It's not anyone's business. Like honestly, oh, I I get sick whenever I drink. So I'm drinking this. Something I've tried that is really effective is I'm like, oh my gosh, I have tried this non-alcoholic beer and it's so good. You have to try it. And I kind of like flip it aggressively where they're like, wait, oh, okay, I'll try that. Okay, you yeah. know, so it's like then they're trying what I'm bringing,
2: and then the conversation yeah. just kind of moves away. It just kind of. I try to just keep it light. I'm like, I don't like the way my face looks like uh, when I wake up in the morning, so I've decided to just stop drinking. <laughs> and for some reason, that one resonates, and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's our. I have maybe. never heard that one, but I think I w- if someone said that, oh, I would be like, I couldn't stand looking in the mirror in the morning. I was like, oh. Yeah. And
1: I agree. It's not any of of their business. But I also will say on that same tongue that I think for folks like you guys, and certainly in the line of work that I'm in now, I think the more honest we can be with people about the reasons we're choosing to set down, whatever that substance is, we're more inclined to hear something like this. Yeah, me too. What are you doing?
2: exactly that is so true and that's the truth right
1: like we don't need Um, to deflect and we don't always need to keep it light especially when we're around our family like there's nothing wrong with looking at your mom and dad and going mom dad like i think it was getting to a place that i didn't i wasn't comfortable and so i need to set it down and not just that like i need your support that i set it down and if you you know and and it's not like about ultimatums but for me, it is. And here's the other piece that I think is so important for people to understand. It's like, if you're going to set some substance down and you're going to continue to hang out with people they are going to keep that substance in your life, eventually you're going to get to a crossroads with them where you're going to, you you will have to decide which which way you're going to go down because it's like, it does have to dissolve from your life. If you're truly gonna make that, that leap to like I am, where you're just not gonna drink, you guys are different. It's a yeah. sober curious thing. It's a mindful drinking. It's if I'm at a, a wedding, I'm gonna have a glass of champagne. That's a very different sequence. But for people who genuinely have a problem with alcohol, and here's how you know if you have a problem with alcohol, you think you have a problem with alcohol. No, that's it. That's, that's how it works. Like if you're sitting in your kitchen and you're waking up in the morning, you're like, man, do I have a problem? Yes, you do. Okay. So now go ahead and start to work on it figure out what you're going to do to get yourself out of that situation. And thanks to people like you, there's, there's more options than there's ever been for folks who want a community of sober, curious people. So let me kind of, says so as we start to wrap up a little bit, how will you know that teetotally is successful? What does that look like for you guys as you've sat around and, and thought about the dream for this thing? And, you know, what it'll look like. I think like? It's,
0: it, it will mean helping one person. Yeah. It's, it's all we care about is that we don't want
2: people to feel alone. Yeah. And we, changing the narrative around drinking. It's so mean, It's hard to quantify that, but just we're seeing it. Yeah. As we're doing this, just the response from people and like, oh, I feel that way too. And I don't sleep and I don't want to do this. And we
0: we really feel like there's a lot of people who do have problems with drinking, but they don't want to use that word alcoholic. They don't want to think of themselves as an addict of any sort. And maybe they're really not, but they do have a problem. And so we're saying, let's reconsider that relationship. Let's take a look at that. And it's okay to examine it personally, privately. And here are some things that you can do in the meantime while you're working on that. And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay.
2: Yeah. And we hope people feel like they can reach out to us too.
1: T-totally. T-totally yeah, they D- can.
2: DM us or email us. We would love to hear from people. That's how you have stories. to answer
1: all the questions now. When people ask you something that's right, you say T-totally. Yeah. T-totally. 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 We do I know, like,
0: every time yeah. we say totally, we're like T-totally.
1: <laughs> T-totally. I love that. Anyway. Well, listen, Teetotally is is an innovative online platform dedicated to providing inspiration, resources, and community for people who embrace a mindful approach to alcohol, including those who prefer not to drink at all. And if some of our conversation today has resonated with you, I would encourage you to look out for Teetotally and get involved in this community that you guys are trying to birth and get off the ground and be ultimately successful with, because that's the difference between making it and not making it uh very few folks can do it on their own really very very few people have the capacity to to go down that journey by themselves and as you guys said even if it's just another buddy at the party boy does it just make everything that you're getting ready to go through so much easier and so much better and there's um there's a ton of power in that idea that you're not alone that's it there's a, so much power in that idea that you just you're not by yourself. And I can guarantee, Abby, while well, you were having that sort of year where you were kind of transitioning out of one thing and into another, part of the reason you, you you sort of wanted to stay in was because you felt isolated. You felt like, oh my God, I'm the only one going through this massive change in my life. I'm I'm trying to figure out what my, alco- my relationship is with alcohol. I'm trying to figure out well, what is my relationship with my husband? What is my relationship with my kids? We've just moved to, like you, you were going through a ton of stuff. And it's very, very easy in those instances to to turn inward and to feel like you're the only one rowing the boat when the truth is there's millions of people just like you. We just have to use, to use your words, the, the secret, the law of attraction to f- have those people kind of magnetically drawn into your circle. And that's the goal, yeah, that's isn't true. it? Yeah. That's so, so awesome! I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. It's it's a fantastic uh, piece of the, uh, of the world that you're going to go after. And uh, are 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 there teetotally uh, t-shirts? Are there teetotally uh, hats? Are we are we merching <gasps> up? Yet. Where are we headed?
0: We gotta we gotta get yeah. some merch going. We do. We I gotta, mean, I don't know. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we're just we're just beginning. We're just focusing on the yeah. website, and then of course, Our Instagram. Uh, Instagram. So yeah. Instagram is T-Totally and then that little underscore life. Uh-huh. Life. And then our our website is DTotallyLifestyle.com. dot So check it oh, out. Nice. Yeah, we, right now our main focus is just reaching out to people, connecting. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: But- we don't know what this is going to turn into, but we're open.
1: Yeah, yes. here's the thing: I know, guys, where it starts won't be where it ends. And just as long as you keep, <laughs> yeah, as long as you keep moving one foot in front of the other, and you and you literally treat every single thing like it's a win and a learn, you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine because you both become successful in other areas of your life there's no reason to think you can't do it again right
0: thank you matthew yeah we really appreciate it
1: it. yeah well well you're welcome thank you guys so much for being on the show abby and Janae. you can find them at t totally what was it underscore life on the ig get on the gram you guys got to get hoodies that just say sober and on the back they say curious (gasps)
2: oh i love it all right oh my god you're the best thank you you, it's merchandise in the mail this is great thank you so much all
1: All right right. see you next time We have three goals with Learn From People Who Lived It. One, to help you feel less alone. Two, encourage you to seek out a coach, a therapist, a church, anyone who can help you get through your journey and find some healing. Three, when you're ready, share your story with us. Find Learn From People Who Lived It, wherever you get podcasts. Search it using all one word. Learn from people who lived it. At Mental Joe, they sell more than shirts. They sell apparel with a purpose. In fact, my favorite hoodie in my closet is a Mental Joe hoodie. They help out GI Joes to the average Joes one t-shirt at a time. With every purchase, you help them support organizations that can provide services to help others get out of their heads and into their bodies through plant medicines, equine therapy, yoga, and other non-traditional mental health treatments. Link to them. Pick out your favorite t-shirt or hoodie right now at learnfrompeoplewholivedit.com slash resources is